Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to this week's episode of My Liberty. I am your host, Caleb Franz. This is the voice of liberty for a new generation. I am thrilled to have you here this week. This week, um, we are doing a little bit more about what I uh, wanted to do a few weeks ago, and that is to talk and have a little bit more uh, history-oriented episodes. Um, first of all, uh, thank you for, for tuning in. Um, I appreciate your support and I appreciate your audience. Um, and because I appreciate that, I really want to provide things of value to you and not just, um, not just me ranting uh, all the time. And I've tried to do that in um, the capacity of our summer interview series uh, or just our interviews in general. Speaking of, um, if you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend you go back and listen to my interview last week uh, with Zuri Davis, and we had a fantastic discussion. Zuri's a really good friend of mine, um, and we had a fantastic discussion on a wide range of, of topics covering um, abortion and, and being pro-life and taxation and her story and, um, and her favorite founding father. Uh, which is a point of conversation that we'll be having on this episode because I want to sit down and have a conversation with you and go back and examine our history, the, the truth behind our history, because there is so many lies and deception um, that has infiltrated a great number of individuals who we should be holding up in, in high esteem um, but people point to these guys as either hypocrites or, or um, uh, just very infallible men, uh, which is true to some extent. Nobody is perfect, and, and we should never deify. Um, but it's also true to the same extent that we should never just blindly accept things that uh, may make some people look bad just for the sake of like, oh, well, this, this guy isn't perfect. Look at this. For example, um, a lot of the Founding Fathers had slaves, which is a, a subject that specifically I want to talk about today and why that's important. Um, because how can we stand here? A lot of the Founding Fathers, we hold very, very near and dear to a lot of our hearts in the Liberty community. Um, not all of them, I, understandably. I, I know that uh, some individuals, such as um, Hamilton, have a, a lesser place in many of our uh, hearts among libertarians than, than individuals like Jefferson. Uh, and, that's, and that's to be understood. Not all, not all of them uh, should be praised. They should be praised based on their merits and their words and their deeds, um, not just blindly just because they were a founding father. Um, but Jefferson, and I want to touch on Jefferson specifically, as well as Washington, and as well as the Constitution, because I think Jefferson and Washington um, are uh, just incredible men that not only defined a nation, but really defined the world and history, all history, from that point forward. I, I, I struggle to find an individual who had as much of an impact on human history and the course of human events um, as much as those two individuals did. Um, 
as well as well Jefferson specifically he had uh, quite the impact on on our movement as as a liberty movement as a whole um, and that's something that we have to look at and examine what was the character and what was the the average life of those who may not necessarily be the founding fathers of our movement but certainly the forefathers of our movement um, and Jefferson is one of those individuals we look at documents like the Declaration of Independence. We look at um, you know the the words and the writings of Thomas Jefferson, uh, being very anti-government, um, being very pro-individual liberty, being being very pro-individual rights, um, and yet a lot of people will look at him at the same caliber as they look at say Hitler, because he owns slaves. There is in fact one article that uh, recently um, was published, and it was by Sean King, which is enough to have warning flags all over it in itself. But the, the content of it, regardless of who authored it, the content of it is a lot of, is a big concern of many Americans. How can we stand up here and tout these ideas if one of the forefathers of, of, of these ideas, the, the, the ones that that we look back to and say this is the guy that from this point forward he changed everything how can we stand up here and tout the same ideas of him when he was a incredibly inconsistent he owned slaves he didn't believe in individual liberty for all men only some only a few only only white men that's concerning for a lot of people and for good reason especially whenever uh, they've either been fed half-truths or uh, just blatant lies. Last week when we had Zuri on, she said that, uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson and uh, was was her, the founding father that she admired the most, uh, despite the irony there, because she is black, obviously, and he obviously owned slaves. Um which she amended because later on because she said that her her favorite was abigail adams in a facebook post that she tagged me in <laughs> um but i i i think that that's important to note that if there were really bad people that we look up to we shouldn't just deify those individuals just because of the name that they have however jefferson is not one of those individuals jefferson boldly and proudly was an abolitionist through and through. Yes, he did own slaves, but that was not by his own desire. It was not because he enjoyed owning slaves or he enjoyed the slave trade. In fact, he said that there is nothing I would not sacrifice to a practical plan of abolishing every vestige of this moral and political depravity. He absolutely abhorred it and fought his entire life to try to end it. However, he knew that, um, that slavery is an institution that was deeply rooted in government. You see, America was a nation that actually was and truly was founded in the ideas of individual liberty. A lot of people will say that America was a nation that was founded on slavery, and that is entirely wrong. Yes, a lot, of, a lot of slaves built a lot of things um, in the country, but it was not founded on the institution of slavery. 
It was founded on the idea that this institution of slavery can one day end with a nation conceived in liberty. The institution of slavery was the last remnants of the ways of old, of the ways of, of gigantic, uh, of, excuse me, of gigantic government, of Great Britain. It was the last remnants of everything that we fought against in the, in the American Revolution. That's something that Jefferson knew. That's something that Washington knew. That's something that all the founding fathers, uh, to some degree, all the ones that we in initially think of at least, knew. That slavery was an institution that was abhorrent and incompatible with the ideas of liberty. This is something that um, they fought their entire lives to try to end. But, a lot of people will point to, if that is the case... Why did Washington, Jefferson, and so many other founding fathers not just set their slaves free? If they believed in this idea so much, why did they keep their slaves for so long? Washington didn't set them free until uh, he was on his deathbed and he wrote it in his will. Jefferson never set them free, even on his deathbed. Why is that? If we look throughout the history, the truth behind it just angers you, but not at Jefferson, not at Washington, not at the Founding Fathers. It angers you because government is the reason why these individuals wouldn't and couldn't set their slaves free. It angers you because government is the institution which preserves slavery. Slavery is incompatible with liberty. If you let, if you let individuals be free, as Jefferson wanted, as Washington wanted, if you let the engine of capitalism work, slavery will become obsolete and it will become um, a thing of the past. It will eventually go the way of the dinosaur. But why didn't they do that? Well, the history is actually fascinating because you see, um, in 1723, there was a law that said, um, it, it, it essentially said that there was uh, no slave ever shall be free, uh, set free upon uh, any pretense whatsoever. Meaning that under the Virginia legislature, in the state of Virginia, where uh, founders such as Washington, Madison, Jefferson, all these guys, the, the, the ones that really had the um, creation of the country under their resume, the creation of a nation, of a free society under their resume, these individuals were under the thumb of big government and were forbidden from setting any slave free. That's a history that is not taught. Whenever we look at the past, whenever we look at um, the, the causes and, and the inconsistencies of slavery, the inconsistencies of, of people who wrote the Declaration of Independence, of people who wrote the uh, Constitution, of the people who founded this nation, that's something that, for some reason, we don't look at. Well, it's to deprive our movement. And when I say our movement, I, I, I'm not saying the libertarian movement. I'm saying liberty itself. When you deprive liberty of its true history and of facts, you will find that Jefferson was a stout abolitionist who was entirely consistent because the government forbid that he would ever 
set his slaves free. Now, there was a loophole, however, because later in, in 1782, another law was passed. It was called the Munitions Act, which um, munitions is essentially the act of an individual setting his, his or her slave free um, on an individual level. If, if you're a slave owner, if you're a master of a slave, then you um, set your slave free. That's what uh, munition, uh, manumissions is, excuse me. Um, but in 1782, there was a law that did allow, it was, it was sort of an uh, emancipation law that did allow a slaveholder to set his slave free as long as uh, it was in his last will and testament. That was the loophole that Washington eventually took on his deathbed because this law, it didn't last too long, but it lasted long enough and it, it essentially ended in its in its current state um, in 1806 which as we as we all know Washington died in 1799 which allowed him the opportunity to set his slaves free on his deathbed that's why when we look through history yes Washington kept uh, kept his slaves but as soon as he had the opportunity even the slightest opportunity he did it he set them free because he firmly believed in the ideas of liberty and was entirely consistent in it, especially toward the end of his life. Jefferson, however, was not afforded that kind of opportunity. Jefferson, um, as, as stated, <laughs> he, uh, the, the 1806 law, while it did not entirely repeal um, the 1782 law, it did adapt it to where Yes, you can set your slaves free, but there's a catch. And the catch being that um, you essentially have to take care of these slaves forever. If, if they are incompatible of living on their own, then you have to provide for them financially. Even though they're free, even though they're not under your jurisdiction anymore, you still have to provide for them financially. Well, Jefferson, being a man who was... Uh, crippled in debt who had to sell his entire library to essentially form the Library of Congress. That's where we get the Library of Congress. It began with Jefferson's collection just to pay off his debts and that was a big hit to him because he loved books. Absolutely loved books. Um, he had no financial means of being able to do that. Even on his deathbed, he had no financial means. This is why he only was able to set, I believe, four free out of the hundreds that he had. This wasn't because he didn't want to. This wasn't because I just can't find it in me because I'm so riddled with inconsistencies and hypocrisy that, yeah, I talk a good talk about, about freedom and about liberty and about um, human rights. It wasn't because of that. It was because the government forbid him to, unless the slaves were taken care of, the former slaves, I should say, um, if they were emancipated, unless they were taken care of financially, and he did not have the means to do so. But the fact still stands that the founding fathers, now yes, there, there certainly were founding fathers who were entirely in favor of slavery. There certainly were founding fathers who were entirely um, entirely just all throughout their lives did not ever want the institution of slavery to end. That much is true. But the founding fathers that immediately come to mind, especially those who altered the course of history and changed the world forever for better, 
such as Jefferson, such as Washington, such as Madison. These individuals were not inconsistent in that they owned slaves. A lot of them um, were slave owners, not by choice, but uh, because they inherited their slaves, as is the case of Jefferson, as is the case of Washington, for the most part. That's something that has to be taken into consideration, especially when they were chained by the government at the time. And they, of course, while they were very pro-liberty, they were also pro-federalism uh, in the sense of, you know, the, the, the modern sense of federalism, not the sense of federalism back then of the federalists versus the anti-federalists. But they were very much pro-state and pro-state powers. So even though they were forming this constitution, and forming, and this is something that I'll be getting into next, even though they were forming the constitution, the state still had some form of power over the heads of the individuals who were creating this free society for which they could live in. Government is an institution that will constantly oppress, no matter what they could possibly do. They all knew this. All the founders knew this. Now, why didn't they just abolish slavery as soon as the Constitution was written? Well, that was perhaps the biggest debate after, um, after the debate for the Bill of Rights and the, in the, um, the ratification of the Bill of Rights. That was the first big hurdle, is the preservation of our natural rights. The second one, after that, immediately it turned to slavery. And that was the biggest issue that has always divided our nation all the way up until its abolition with the 13th Amendment. Jefferson, in fact, almost included and tried to. In fact, if you go back, and this episode will be riddled with show notes so that I will, you know, this is, this will be thoroughly footnoted. Jefferson, um, in fact, included slavery as a grievance within the Declaration of Independence. And in the rough draft, if you go back and, and if you go into the show notes of this episode, I, I have that uh, referenced, the rough draft of the Declaration of Independence, it is profound, the boldness uh, of the language that Jefferson used specifically against King George um, in regards to the institution of slavery. It's not just that uh, he has enchain those individuals and deprive them of their rights. No, what he said in the rough draft of the Declaration of Independence, he has waged cruel war against human nature itself, violating its most sacred rights to life and liberty in the persons of a distant people who never offended him, captivating and carrying them into slavery in another hemisphere. Now, that's a fascinating... Um, that's a fascinating passage for a couple of reasons. One, because if that would have remained, it really would have changed the way we view um, natural rights in relation to the Constitution. While this was the Declaration, the Declaration, as I've said many times before, is the why behind the Constitution. And we often uh, look back to the Declaration as, as, as sort of the, the thinking behind the Constitution and, and the understanding of natural rights. Well, this essentially is saying that rights are rights no matter if they are individuals who are here in the United States or outside of the United States. He's saying that King George 
stripped them of their rights to life and liberty and brought them practically a world away, especially at that time. It was an entire world away. It was like going all the way to, to Mars, it might have well been, in, in modern thinking. They would never have seen their homeland ever again. Jefferson felt so strongly about that. However, if there is no nation conceived in liberty, as I uh, already said in, in this in this show uh, at the beginning, if there is no nation conceived in liberty, there will be no means to completely abolish this institution of slavery. And Jefferson knew that, and he knew that as long as slavery existed, it would be the greatest threat to the United States in its existence. And it almost... Eventually, as, as we came to the Civil War, this is something that Bastiat also echoed uh, several years later in his fantastic piece, The Law, that uh, is ultimately one of my favorite writings of all time. Um, but this is something that Bastiat also echoed, that slavery, and he also uh, combined trade tariffs as, as well as this with uh with, with slavery as the biggest uh, threat to the United States in its continuing future. And they were right. Because while this was a nation conceived in liberty, it could not consistent, uh, consistently continue if slavery still existed. Jefferson knew this, but first they had to actually make it because there was no chance that England would ever do this um, without a separation without an independent nation doing it on its own. And this is the battle. That was only a glimpse of the battle that, uh, that they had on the institution of slavery during the time of the writing and the signing of the Declaration of Independence. He had to take that out in order to have everyone sign it, including those in the southern states. Because those in the southern states, there are many who owned slaves who would have looked at that and said, wait a minute, hold on. We kind of like this. As I said, that there are many founding fathers who, there are many founding fathers who, yes, you'd be absolutely right, absolutely supported slavery. However, Jefferson was not one of them. Neither was Washington. This battle, this, this constant struggle of where to address and when to address the issue of slavery continued all the way up uh, through the battle for the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. This was something that even uh, even when the the battle for representation, this was this was brought up, because if you ask anyone today, if 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 the Constitution, especially on the left, if you ask anyone today if the Constitution is a document that hates black people or or is pro slavery or something to that extent, they will say absolutely yes. And when you ask why, they will point to the uh, three-fifths compromise, which is a common misconception, understandably, and we're about to go into that as to why that's not the case. The three-fifths compromise, first of all, did not say that a black person is only worth three-fifths of a white person. The three-fifths compromise only pertained to slaves, meaning if there was a, black, a free black man or a free ba uh, black woman, then that person would be counted as a single whole person. The second thing to recognize is that, ironically enough, it was the South that was vouching to make um, slaves count as one whole person. The pro-slave South 
They didn't want them counted as property, not in the sense of representation, because that's what this battle was about. That's why it became a compromise. It was the North that wanted um, slaves to not be counted in the census as people. Now, why is that? If North was is constantly the ones who are who are known as being anti-slavery, and and the South just the opposite. It's because if slave population was counted under the census for representation as people, slavery would have never, ever been abolished. If you go back and look at some of the debates that occurred during the time, we go back and look at Governor Morris, for example, and yes, that is his first name, I, I mind you. Um, upon what principle is it that the slaves shall be computed in the representations? Now, he is, he is a, a northerner, absolutely opposed to slavery. He is one of the earliest abolitionists. However, he's saying, why on earth are you trying to count them as people? He said, are they men? Then let them vote. You see, the South didn't want, didn't want slaves to vote, but they certainly wanted that representation. Because if they had that representation, slavery, the institution of slavery, would have never, ever been abolished. Because you would have had Congress full of Southerners who completely supported the institution of slavery. Nor the, the Northerners who uh, saw this, that was the debate that they had. Now we look back at that and we, we, we don't understand that. We don't understand that that's what it was about because we don't actually look at the debates that were had during the time. We just see three-fifths a person. Oh my gosh, they're saying that, that, that black people are only worth 60% uh, of what a white man is worth which is exactly the opposite of what the actual intention of that compromise was. Even individuals like Frederick Douglass uh, fell for this. And Frederick Douglass is a, a fascinating man, a fantastic individual. He was absolutely against the Constitution until he read it. He was absolutely against the government itself. How can this government that, that allowed me to be in bondage for my... Uh, early years in life possibly be anything consistent in their ideas of liberty. Well, instead of just thinking that and not doing anything about it, not doing any sort of research to reaffirm uh, what he said, he did do his research. He did do his homework, unlike a lot of individuals in modern day. And he looked back and he did look at the debates that were had. He did look at the actual intention of the Constitution, being that the intention of the Constitution was so that eventually we can get to the point. While yes, there there is a lot, uh, there there's a lot wrong with our document. It's not a perfect document right now. Slavery still exists. That's a problem. But it was set up so that this issue can be fixed at a time when appropriate. Because if we try to fix it now, there will be no nation, and slavery will never end. That was the struggle that we dealt with that the founders dealt with. They wanted every single, every single fiber in their being wanted to find a reasonable solution to the problem of slavery. Washington said, there's not a man living who wishes more sincerely than I do to see a plan adopted for the abolition of slavery. Somewhat echoing what Jefferson said um, in, both, in, in both of their letters. However, both of them understood and both of them knew that if we tried to end slavery in 17, 
1791, the country would be torn apart, much worse than the Civil War. And slavery actually would never end. At least not to, not to any, any reasonable or preferable situation. But the safeguards that they took and that they instituted in things like the Constitution. The Constitution was built to adapt so that whenever slavery actually became an issue, that's what the amendment process is about. Whenever slavery actually came to the forefront, and it was time when the, when the country was ready so that it would not be torn apart. And even when, it, even when it was ready, it really wasn't because it almost was torn apart. But they instituted in that document, in the Constitution, the ability to give all individuals actual liberty. Hell, that's what the Ninth Amendment was about. It's saying that your rights are not enumerated. That includes the rights of all men. Not just white men, and not just white men, but women. Black men, black women. People of all race, people of all creed, of all religion. That's what the Constitution was instituted for, to protect and preserve the rights of the individual, no matter who it is or what it is. That's what the Declaration of Independence was written about. Yes, it was, it was a breakup letter, essentially, yes. But more importantly, it set the tone for what this nation would be about. That's incredibly important, because if we forget that, if we forget what it is we actually are about as a country, as a movement, as libertarians, as lovers of liberty, if we forget those simple facts, then we might as well throw in the town because we're not really serious about defending liberty. Now, there are a lot, <laughs> there's a lot more to cover, um, especially with just Jefferson alone. We're, we're going to do a lot more of these and that's, that's, what, I, uh, that's what I said before. And that's what I am intending on doing. I want to do more on Jefferson. There's a lot more, especially uh, like there was in the article I initially referenced about what Sean King wrote. He said he was a rapist or something like that, which is absolutely absurd. Um, but there's so much more to go into. But just know that Jefferson and Washington and the founding fathers who really made America so great before Donald Trump ever made a slogan. These founding fathers were not only entirely consistent, but fought their entire lives so that all men could be free. That's something that we have to keep in mind, and that's something that we have to remember and always fight for. Now, uh, a little bit of a preview for next week. Next week, we're going to continue our summer interview series and with none other than Austin Peterson. He's, of course, now a Republican candidate for Senate and former Libertarian candidate for President of the United States. We will be talking with him, uh, and <laughs> I am very excited to have that interview underway. Please thank you. Uh, thank you again for uh, joining us on um, this journey, on this experience that we are both forming together. Um, please go to iTunes if you if you if you will and rate us, review us, tell us we're doing a good job. Um, if we are, if you don't think we're doing a, a good job, then just you know never mind. I said anything. Um, also follow us on iTunes at Mill Liberty. Follow me on I iTunes, on Twitter at Mill Liberty. 
subscribe to us on iTunes, and then follow me on Twitter, at Caleb Franz. And until next week, we'll see you.